Welcome to more than a few words of marketing podcast for small business owners. My name is Lorraine Ball, and I help small businesses become big businesses. And today, along with Jay Mattingly... Hello, fans. That's sort of stretching a little. <laughs> along with Jay Mattingly, um, I'm really excited. Um, joining me is Matt Nettleton from Sandler Trust Point. Thanks. Happy to be here. For those of you that um, have not been reading my blog or don't know, I have been a uh, participant in the Sandler training program for about 18 months. Yeah, I haven't killed you yet. No, oh, no, you've tried. <laughs> I have, <laughs> so on more than one occasion. And, and But in, in all seriousness, Matt is, um, he my sales coach and has been responsible for helping me make some major transformations in in my business and in my lifestyle. And um, so I really wanted him to come in and talk a little bit about the process and what business owners should be thinking about in terms of their sales process and why this works. Well, the first thing that business owners need to be thinking about in their sales process is that they have one. <laughs> um, <you> know, most, <laughs> most business owners that we work with start, start with the mindset that, that sales is, is magic. And, you know, they went out, they did it, they found people, and they did all kinds of work. And, uh, you know, why can't their salespeople just do that? And it's not really the way it works. I mean, sales is, is not entirely a science, but it's very much a repeatable process. There are elements that can be done. And the biggest problem that, that business owners have is that they don't look at it that way. And, and they try to make it something that it's not. So um, before I ask you what they should make it, I want to just tell our listeners two things. Number one, if you've got questions um, and you'd like to call in, you can do so at 805-285-9865. And also, if you go to blogtalkradio.com backslash roundpeg, you can also participate in our chat. So feel free to say hello on the chat if you have questions, or if you just want to harass Matt, please feel free to call in as well. Okay, going back to the process, um, what should be in a sales process? Well, there, there should be a, quite a few things. One, and we haven't talked about this much, but there should be an integration between the end that you desire and, and the process that you run. Um, I have a lot of clients. One of my favorite clients is a guy that um, had laid out a series of very complex goals, and, and the number one goal that he had was to service local clients. That was what he thought his business would be built around. Um, but he had designed a marketing and prospecting plan to capture nationwide prospects. So he did all the behavior to create a business that would make him travel, but his goal was, and he couldn't figure out why he wasn't hitting his goal. <laughs> so, it's, you know, it's, it's like a picnic table manufacturer that has nothing but chair designs. I yeah. mean, it doesn't make any sense. So um, what advice or would you have for Jay as he starts to uh, expand his sales efforts? Or, Jay, what questions do you have for Matt? Um, I think the real question that I have, uh, just in regards to the big picture, is there something that, as you work with business owners and salespeople, uh, a common behavioral mistake that you see more than all of the rest, something that they always leave out, something that they always forget to do, or something that they just don't involve in their in their system. 
There is. Uh, it's a little trivia. You may not know that uh, Brett Michaels from Poison grew up in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, which is where I'm from. I've had a, uh, they had a, a great hit song out. It was uh, Once Bitten, Twice Shy. Uh, the, the number one behavior problem is very similar to that for salespeople. It's, it, it's never bitten, twice shy. Uh, the, the biggest thing that salespeople don't do is prospect. They, they, they don't do the behavior that it, that it takes to actually grow their business. <laughs> um, as a business owner, this is the thing I struggle I, I struggle with. Everybody thinks that, you know, I'm so outgoing and I know so many people. I'm a people person. I'm a people person. Yeah. So surely I know enough people. Uh, I would love to tell you that. Don't call me Shirley. But, <laughs> but, but the, the biggest problem that salespeople have is they rely on people skills. They believe that people skills are the key to success, and, and they're really not. Um, the people skills will get you to a certain level, um, and what got you there won't get you any further. Um, understanding why people would buy, what the steps and the processes are to get them to, to make decisions. I mean, I, I'll take a no rather than a maybe. If you're relying on people skills, you're probably simply avoiding confrontation. Yeah, and the way that I, I guess that I've seen it kind of, kind of tra transform my view in the last 18 months is people skills can get you in the door, but they don't necessarily create a process that allows you to close the sale. In the end, the bottom line of professional selling is going to the bank, and, it, and, and people skills won't take you there, unless you're friends with the teller. <laughs> For me, the, the, the thing that has really um, made a lot of difference, and, and there are a couple of things. One, um, I'm a teacher at heart, and um, I love to share what I know. Um, but, but sometimes I think that gets me into trouble in the sales process because I find myself giving away expertise that I should get paid for. How do people avoid that? <laughs> Um, you know, that, that is one of the things that, um, that we really struggle with. I mean, from an early age, a lot of our kids, I mean, I've got three kids. My, my son is now going into sixth grade, and every single day in school, he sits down, the teacher asks him a question, and he can't say back to the teacher, that's a great question, why do you ask? <laughs> you know, it, 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 he can't challenge the teacher about any of that data. And so he learns, and he's been cultured to, hey, if I'm asked a question, I answer it. And that's great in school. It's bad in sales. Um, you know, I don't know if you, had, if you had to guess, when was the War of 1812? Why do you ask? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Most people go, oh, 1812. Knowing the answers doesn't get you any money. Why do you ask gets you money? Do you want to kind of maybe do a demo like with Jay? Customer. Oh, I can do really well at this role. So yeah, and kind of demonstrate that, Jay. Let's, let's pretend that you're um, uh, considering sales training with Matt or exploring your process, and ask Matt some questions about their training program so people can see how that process works. Okay, so how can I expect this training program to affect my sales, my bottom line? Our, our typical client sees a significant jump in revenue over 12 months. I mean, we've got clients that have had 60, 70, 80% jumps in revenue. I don't know how it would affect you. See, I don't know what your goals are. 
I don't know where you want to go. Uh, well, how much time do I really need to put into this class as I'm going through the course? It depends. Can I ask a question? Yeah, absolutely. Is it important that it works? <laughs> I'd say it is. It's probably important it works. Why? Because I want to make money. I want everybody to wants to make money. Let's pretend you made money. What would happen next? I'd retire. <laughs> how much money would you have to make to retire? I mean, how old are you? 20? I'm going to be 25 years old in a week. Wow. Yeah. The knees are starting to creep. The knees are starting to creep. Is that whole quarter century? I'm taking a crisis. Let's, all right, next subject. Great, great example. But I, I, think, I think the point there is that um, you never directly answered any of Jay's questions, but going down that path, you really kind of lead him in that whole self-discovery. Yeah, most of the questions, I mean, we have a rule at Sandler, and, and it's not actually a Sandler rule. It's a rule that I've learned, um, and it's that the customer is seldom right. I mean, that's the, the, the biggest thing. People don't really know what questions they should be asking. Uh, they, you just learn from the culture that two questions you have to ask is how much time is it going to take and what's it going to cost you. And by the way, what's the name of your program is usually the third one. And none of those answers really mean anything. It, it, it really doesn't matter what it costs. It really doesn't matter how long it's going to take. If you don't care if it works, if you don't have a specific goal, it's a Alice in Wonderland, right? That's the Cheshire Cat. How long is it going to take you to get there? Yeah. He said, well, where do you want to go? She said, I don't care. He goes, well, go wherever you want. It'll take as long as you want. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, for most salespeople, you know, you say, where do you want to go? They go, I don't care. <laughs> right. Well, right. Well, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be too hard. I mean, who cares? You know, you'll get there eventually. <laughs> I think that, you know, that was, um, as I've gone through this process, learning to ask questions and, and not jump to solutions because many times I'm presenting information that people don't care about. It's just not a priority. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you know what you can do. Most salespeople, if you've been in your business six months, when you sit down in front of a prospect, you know what the solution is. Based on the first five minutes of the conversation, maybe the first half hour, you know, this is what we do, this is what you need, buy it. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, that's a really bad closing move. You think? It doesn't work. Well, if it, it, it's not bad if you want it to actually succeed. <laughs> it's a move. It's a move. I mean, you know what? It's, it's better than, because I've had some, because uh, uh, my, my particular closing style prior to this, because I'm a people person, and, yes. and unlike you, I like people. <laughs> um, so I'd be like, well, I think I've got it now, so um, I'm going to go away, and I will send you... Um, Kind of an outline, and you can review it, and, and then if you, you know, if you, you have any questions, and buried in that outline was was a, a price, and you know, I walk out and never make the sale. I, and it was probably buried on the last page, uh -huh. you know, because that way you don't have to. You can run out of time meeting. You don't actually have to talk about it. Right. 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 So and you then, have to handle the details are in there. We've covered most of the important stuff. Huh? <laughs> I might be a little confused. I mean, I don't think too many salespeople are in it just because they love people. In the end, they got to buy groceries. Right. So the important stuff is how much it costs and how you pay. Yes. And, and um, you know, that, that's been, it's, been a, it's been a fun transition because I'm a lot more comfortable um, talking about money because I think that that's something a lot of people are very, and, and it may be more of a gender thing. I, 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 I do think in general, 
um, women probably are, are we, we are, we've got that whole nurturing gene crack going on. I mean, yeah, mine isn't really all that good, but um, we, we do, and so, you know, we want to take care of people, and we're a little bit less comfortable talking about money because it's not polite, um, and making that transition and being able to look at somebody and say, you know what, my time bills out at about 25 an hour, or about 50 an hour, and um, putting that on the table up front has really helped me spend more time talking to people who are serious. Who are going to buy. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the end, it's like you want in the jerk. Oh, I get it. It's a profit deal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you know, whether it's marketing or, you know, I've, I've had people that have done commercial lubricants, which was a really cool deal. Mm-hmm. They go into coal mines and sell grease for grillos. And, you know, whatever it is, you're selling it, it's, it's, it's for money. And, and you're looking for people to pay you for your service, for your goods, and, and, and you've got to figure out how to do that efficiently as possible. Mm-hmm. And, and not only that, you've got to figure out how to get the right people to pay you. Mm-hmm. Because there are a lot of people who go out and they, they make a tremendous number of sales, and, and I've seen you know business owners come to us and say, man, if we, if we keep growing the business this way, we're losing 10 cents for every widget that goes out the door. And, and, and the good news is, Sales are up 50% this year, so we're losing 50% more this year than we were last year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You know, in my business, um, uh, my pricing has always been driven a little bit by capacity. And so as I become a better salesperson, um, I can raise my prices, and um, it all seems to work. Well, I, now, I would argue that your price has never been driven by capacity, but your price has always been driven by your conviction, not the value of your service. Okay. And I would also argue that the simplest way to raise your prices is to understand your customer's conviction in the value of your service. Nobody will ever outspend their conviction in the belief that you can help them. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I, I love the do you have a budget set aside question because everybody goes, no. And, and the answer should be no, because they don't believe that you're going to accomplish a result. I have no budget set aside for things that I don't believe in. Once they believe that you can help them, they'll find the money. So, Chase, priorities, questions, what do you got going on? Yeah, I, the method that you use, Matt, focuses heavily on questions and investigating and finding the answers and, and, and the journey kind of towards self-discovery for the prospect. We know the importance of asking questions. Are most salespeople that you encounter asking the right questions? Should there be guidelines when you're thinking about the questions to ask to find the right answers? Well, and it's probably a fairly good question um, that you're asking there. I would tell you that that's probably the wrong end of the problem. Um, the number one thing when it comes to question strategy that, that salespeople really kind of mess up is that they they don't really understand what listening means. But for most salespeople, listening is what they do while they wait to ask the next question. <laughs> um, listening, if you were to actually pay attention, is is actually hearing and understanding what the other person's saying. How do you do that? Well, <laughs> one question at a time. That's the the challenge. You got to learn how to slow down, hear what the other person's saying and understand the context in which they're saying it. Sorry about that. Um, that was just too exciting for Blog Talk Radio, and we seem to have lost the feed. 
Um, we are glad to be back. Um, I had just begun asking Matt a question about, uh, we were talking about the questions that salespeople ask and how do you sort of stay focused in those conversations? Um, you know, I, I, I'm not a people person. Uh, being interested in what other people have to say is not my strength. Uh, I, I am, however, pretty goal-driven and shallow. Uh, and so you just have to attach the listening to somebody else to the reality that's the only way you're going to make money. Um, and, and if you have that deep gut-level conviction, the intention counts more than the technique. One of the things that I really enjoy about your classes is sometimes um, your examples of salespeople gone wrong. Um, I think it was, was it the heating and air conditioning guy that came and came? We, we, we've had two really bad What was the invisible fence guy? Uh, invisible fence guy, 25 years in the business. Um, we had, I am a poodle person. I, I like poodles. Um, it, it comes into my house. It's myself, my wife, and our checkbook at the table. Uh, so I'm thinking, you know, listen, this can't be that hard. He walks around the yard, sits down at the table, and uh, says, so where do you want to go? I said, well, Tell us what, what happens here. And uh, he proceeds to whip out a laminated presentation deck. Uh, took 25 minutes to go through that and said, at the end, here is uh, here are your choices. I'm going to leave you three options and a list of people in your neighborhood I've done business with. And uh, what I'd like you to do is just go through those three options, call some of the people that we've, we've worked with, and get back to me next week. And I'm looking at my wife looking at my checkbook, and looking at this guy going, really? That's it? <laughs> um, and so he got up and left. And my wife, who had very little patience with me, uh, said, what did you do? What do you mean? She goes, well, we have the checkbook out. We know we're buying an invisible fence. We can't have the poodle walking into the street. Why don't we have an invisible fence? I said, you never asked us why. <laughs> At the bank again. No, I mean, I said, you know, I, I, I'm now that guy, 25 years in the business. If I called him up and said, "Listen, man, I can help you. Sales training can help you." It's a one-call close. He's going to say, "Hold on, big fella." 25 years in the business. It's never been a one-call close. And, and he'll give me a closing percentage of his average sale. What guess is he's probably the best in the office. However, so you know, I, I think there are a lot of things like that where people are, you know, very superstitious about what actually works and what doesn't. And what happens is they know exactly what they're doing, and they know the result that they're getting, and their imagination doesn't allow them to believe that there's another result possible. Because that's the way it's always been, and that's the way it's always going to be. They're just resigned to it. Yeah, the, uh, for, for me, uh, I didn't really want to talk about money, so I, I, believe, I believe that other people were as uncomfortable as I was. Um, you had another one that I liked. I, I think it was the um, H.H. Gregg salesperson. Yes. Yeah, we had a, uh, my wife and I had a condo. It, long story, but it was bought without telling me that she was buying a condo. And then after she applied for one, I don't know if you got through this, she went out and bought a car. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously it was an acquisition paper. 
washing machine two days in. I mean, and they broke the washing. It wasn't like the washing machine randomly gave up. Uh, it was beaten down. Um, so she called me up, and we agreed that we were going to go to H.H. Craig and buy the uh, cheapest washing machine they had. The one-year warranty that they could deliver the next day. Uh, so we walked in the store. It was my wife walked in first. My son was second. My daughter was third. I was at the end of the line. Uh, we, my wife and I have an upfront agreement. We, we've agreed. One-year warranty, cheapest you can deliver on Saturday. We got it nailed down. We walk in. The salesperson says, how can I help you? My wife says, we're just looking. <laughs> I say, honey, I got 30 minutes for lunch. We're not just looking. I'd like to buy the cheapest washing machine you have with a one-year warranty. And the salesperson looked me in the eye and said, well, let me know if I can help. <laughs> oh, now, hey, if you work in H.H. Craig, I understand that part of your job is you stand at the front door and you say, hey, look, you know, how can I help? And everybody that comes in says, just looking. Mm-hmm. But you got to be ready. That <laughs> says, no, no, here's what I want. You know, this guy responded to, you know, let me let me know if I can help, and walked away from me. I had to chase him down, trap him, say, seriously, Washington Chief, Chief, because you can deliver Saturday right down the street. Um, we got to the point where uh, I had the checkbook out again. You like that checkbook? Yeah, the, 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 the checkbook's a lot of fun. Common theme on those things. Yeah. And I, I had the checkbook out. Um, I'm starting to write the check. My wife comes over. If you know everybody, H.H. Craig, there's a number of cases that come out of the printer before they let you buy. Um, and I love H.H. Craig. Locally owned company, great deal. Um, but my wife comes over and says, I have some questions. The salesperson goes, oh, you guys are together, and walks away. <laughs> wow. That's the way people buy. And the salespeople, we get trapped into that. That's the way they buy. That's the way they buy now. That's the way they've always bought. And, and you can't get out of your own way. And that's really, to some degree, what we want to help people with is understand, hey, it doesn't have to be that way. Get out of the buyer's way. Let them buy either at your speed, which might be good, or faster, which might be better. But don't let them impose their buying system on you as a salesperson, on you as a business owner, because their their system typically is slower than you would go, and and probably has more hoops. Yes, there's and there's a lot there's a lot more free things they want along the way. Yes. Um, we are almost out of time. Um, Jay, final question for Matt. Um, if I want to learn more about building my own personal sales system, how do I find you? Uh, we're on the uh, the internet <laughs> at the Trust Point. Uh, T-R-U-S-T-P-O-I-N-T-E dot com. Uh, very European. Um, or you can just Google uh, Matt Nettleton. Uh, find me on Twitter at Matt Nettleton. Or find Sandler in Indy at Sandler in Indy uh, is our username on Twitter. Awesome. Um, I am going to tell you that uh, if you're watching Matt and you notice that he's running an executive brief if you're on the fence, if something he said has uh, resonated with you, if you think this is something you'd like to learn more about, um, the executive briefing is the best way to figure out if this is a fit for you. And, and it is more about sales training, and we really didn't talk about that, but it really is about getting someone who uh, 
will help you hold yourself accountable. We will we will give you the tools to keep you on track. And this is a long term commitment. Um, I've been doing this for eighteen months and I am not done. Um, I enjoy wrapping that too much to ever really stop going to his classes. Um, if you have enjoyed today's podcast, if you'd like to learn more about marketing, networking, social media, please check out our blog at www.roundpeg.biz. This has been another episode of More Than a Few Words. Thanks for listening.